0: Alex Gorachev, welcome to the conversation today. John, it's good to be here. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from California. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about your recent book, Fearless Innovation, going beyond the buzzword to continuously drive growth, improve the bottom line, and enact change. I really like that. I, I, I think the topic of innovation is super important, but I like how you're couching it And I I really like the idea of getting beyond just the buzzwords because we use these terms all the time. Uh, And a lot of times they're rather vacuous and (laughs) uh, surface level kinds of approaches to how we talk about these things. And so getting into it and digging into it more deeply is wonderful through your book. And hopefully we'll we'll get a taste of that through the conversation we have together today. I wanted to share Alex's bio with everybody. Alex Gorachev, author of Fearless Innovation is the former managing director of Cisco's Global Co-Innovation Center, where he spearheaded programs and initiatives to accelerate innovation. He is a Silicon Valley veteran who is a sought after speaker on innovation and is often referred to as an innovation therapist. I think that's uh, awesome. Uh, Anything else you would like to highlight by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in?
1: Yeah, my you know, my uh, my background um, initially in the innovation space was in, inter- in the entertainment industry. I worked mm-hmm. for a company called Napster and Burlesman Music Group. So mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of transformation uh, where innovation is not necessarily about hype only. It's about changing lives. And uh, But I do come to believe that the Internet has been created for more than entertainment and shopping. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of potential um, if we get beyond the, pa- uh, the buzzwords or when we get
0: beyond the buzzwords. There's a lot that we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a a blast to the past uh, when you mentioned Napster. I haven't thought about Napster in a really long time, uh, but that was a really big deal back in the day. uh, And that was very uh, disruptive. Uh, Anyways, really uh, great background. It's a pleasure uh, to be with you. Maybe as we get started, I always like to ask authors, you know, why this book? Why now? And I know, you know, you were the managing director of Cisco Global uh, Co-Innovation. You were the managing director of Cisco's Global Co-Innovation Center. So that played a big role in this. But maybe you can talk to the background behind why this book.
1: Well, the story is very simple. A lot of people feel that the innovation is about technology. So coming from a technology powerhouse and one of the most uh, prominent technology company on earth. I've been often asked questions as to where we begin. And there will always be a question about what is the technology that we should use? Now, my answer was always simple. Of course, Cisco. However, (laughs) let's look at people, process, communication, and just the culture and the mindset. Because innovation is not about technology. It's about people. Mm. And it's about managing change. And I felt that uh, in the world of business books, especially in the technology space, it's all about buy this, not that, deploy cloud, or focus on your security, which are all valid topics. But for me, innovation is about staying curious on one side and being very disciplined and focused on execution in another side. And that's what I really like to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent. Excellent. And the enacting change piece, the sub, you know, it's a portion of the subtitle of your book. I completely agree. When we're talking about innovation, it's one thing to have, you know, the ideation phase where you're coming up with cool ideas. It's an entirely different thing to move from ideation into development and then implementation and enacting the change that you're trying to drive through whatever that technology is. You mentioned how innovation is all about people, not just the technologies. And I think that's absolutely right. It's the people uh, that are utilizing them, and and to the extent we can enact change via these disruptive technologies and the innovations that we are creating, you know that's where you have the the real lasting sort of impact. And that's how you start to get beyond the buzzword, as you mentioned a, a couple of times. um it, it's it's fine to say the term innovation. I hear it all the time. Um and half the time i I'm just chuckling to myself because I'm like, well, do they, are they really committed to innovation? Are they, are they really behind this? Or is it, is it just the buzzword? Is it just the talking point? Is it just kind of the PR spin? Uh, And the reality is for a lot of leaders and for a lot of organizations, it's just surface level. And they're not willing to do the work of, like you said, the discipline behind um, doing great creative and innovative work.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate what you said. Um, Maybe just to like a, I think the most important thing in the mindset is uh, in a, in a corporate space, understanding the cost of an action. I think we, um, and we all know corporations are uh, as humans are um, driven by loss. So we are afraid of taking risks and, yeah. at this or I am afraid of taking risks. I work in companies that are afraid of taking risks and I need to push myself to take more risks. And I have a nine year old who does that quite well and uh, in the in corporations, there needs to be a group of executives and innovators, much like nine years old that are keeping that are that are pushing us to take risks. Now let me think about what happens if we don't push uh, don't really uh, adopt change if we don't take risks. Looking at the fortune 500 companies, I was just looking up this statistic um three days ago seventy six percent of a fortune 500 companies from year 2000 do not exist mm. they're gone 76 percent. there are only 24 percent remaining so that's like what um 100 something yeah now these companies were well capitalized well positioned lots of smart people um some of them may many got um, a lot of innovation awards i know enron God that was one <laughs> of the most innovative companies in a row years in a row I boy they did but they innovated in accounting um <laughs> other spaces where they should have been right and um and here's the thing I think corporations just like just like we humans as we age be, we become less curious and less open and lo- less open to our surroundings so are corporations. Mm-mm. And those companies they believe that they're in a um in a in a dominant and prominent position, and then all of a sudden it's like shoo, and everything's gone. so I feel it's essential that leaders understand that if they don't embrace innovation and we can talk about how that's defined, they will have nothing to lead at all mm-hmm and i've yeah, noticed well, that many leaders are not only driven by purpose they're driven by executive compensation power yeah. there are a lot of different things they'll have none of this and i think that's an important motivator too
0: yeah so you you think of of companies well you just mentioned 75% i mean are just gone right but you think of like bohemoths like previous in previous generations in past decades xerox um uh companies like uh uh blockbuster um Polaroid you know right. like some of these major companies in their spaces that just became completely irrelevant <laughs> over time uh, and it's it's the the common cautionary tale that we hear about again and again um, yet companies continue to fall into the same trap and like you said as as you get more established and as you grow it gets harder to to be in a creative innovative space unless you're super intentional about it. Uh, because you start to grow and you b- build out the systems and you have the bureaucracies and just just the, the ability to turn and enact change and turn that that cruise ship or that battleship versus you know the really small boat that can pivot on a dime uh, you know those types of analogies uh, are are valid for a reason it, it really is hard to to change um, massive organizations and they get Complacent, they get comfortable and they just start being, stop being curious. They stop asking the questions and they stop trying to to lead out. They just kind of feel like they're in the spot, they have control, and it's the same old story over and over and over again. And there's a bunch of common everyday um, companies. Uh, that we all know today, that 10, 20 years from now, we're going to look back and think, oh, remember that company? (laughs) And they're just not either not relevant anymore or they don't exist anymore. Uh, And so we got to be very careful about that. And I think that gets into what you focus in on the book a lot around innovation strategies. You have a bunch of case studies, real world examples around business implementation of, of those innovative strategies. Maybe we can dig into that and talk more about what organizations can do.
1: Right, and and I think what you've you've shared um, is very valid. Uh, Startups are somewhat of a dysfunctional team sport, and corporations are somewhat of a dysfunctional political process. And it's just the way it's what happens as organizations get uh, older and they mature, they become more complex. So there are some problems that can be solved, and there are some problems that can only be managed. And innovation is not a problem that can be solved. It's an environment that can be created and can be managed. And I think the one example, I always begin with a metric. Um, Whenever I talk to a leader and I I ask him, how do you define innovation? And usually I hear a lot of buzzwords about creativity. There's like, there's no metric and no Mm -hmm. definition. Mm -hmm. And most successful organizations are actually defining innovation within a certain segment of organization. Let's say accounting, marketing. What engineering whatever those functions are Mm. and they're putting a very clear metric so instead of saying let's stay open and innovative and do our best they focus on the small measurable milestones and they're saying this fiscal year let's improve our customer on hold time
0: Mm.
1: and reduce it by 17 percent from 20 minutes to x and I believe that this is a far better way to drive innovation culture than chasing billion-dollar ideas. Mm. It gives every employee and every team a purpose, an understanding, and a definition, and a goal. Most importantly, it actually holds leaders accountable to defining where where that innovation is And being transparent whenever or not they're reaching that goal. And I think that's what really enables innovation. It's not the kombucha on top. It's not the creativity workshops. It's being pragmatic and solving a practical problem. That's where the joy comes in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say, you know, some of those practical components that you've seen through the case studies and in various examples in your book like what are some of those things that we can do to make sure that we're successfully executing not groundbreaking types of new billion dollar idea types of innovations but just those common everyday innovation strategies that are going to help us be successful
1: yeah i think in today's in today's world it's really about uh, creating the environment where everybody is hurt so it's actually going back to the Mm. This is the question that you're asking me is the question that any organization should be asking their employees and being very transparent with actually publishing the answers and making it available to all. So the question is, dear employees, what are the problems that you're seeing in our organizations? What are the problems you feel we should be focusing on? Or what are the opportunities that we're not pursuing? And how would we go in and approach that? So the first step is to engage employees and create the Mm -hmm. safe space. And that is asking that very same question. What are the stupid things that we should stop doing? Mm -hmm. What are the smart things that we should be pursuing and why? And and being very transparent about that as a step one and as a step two, it's really getting very, very focused on what are those two, three things that each organization can pursue and then most importantly executing it in a true cross functional manner mm-hmm. because you and i know that invention is something that anybody can do alone yeah. and they can probably having a good attorney they can file a patent and you, less than 1% of the patents are commercialized innovation is something that can only happen in teams and all organizations are talking about breaking silos Mm-hmm. What a perfect example of identifying problems across the company, and then getting behind on solving them. Does that sound utopian to you, or um, how does this resonate with you?
0: No, I, I think absolutely. Um, again, you you can't you can't do anything of meaning uh, in real sustainable um, disruptive change without. Breaking down the silos and working interdisciplinary, cross disciplinary, working collaboratively uh, across the organization. Especially if you're if you're beyond like the small startup phase where you have a small team, you better have that kind of cross silo. You know breaking down the silos cross-functional types of collaborations if you want these things to to be able to take effect. So creating that culture of learning, creating that culture of growth, creating that right. culture of experimentation, um, holding people accountable for their collaborative efforts, um, you know, not just individual KPIs within their individual units. All of these sorts of things are going to be super, super important. Are there other things that you see uh, either on the positive side or perhaps we could look at some of the mistakes that organizations are making commonly um, around their innovation strategies that they may have or that they may call innovation strategies?
1: Uh, you kind of two things, I think. And you you mentioned it. I think it's a chasing dollar. It's two things. It's uh, focusing on disruption. There is nothing wrong with focusing on disruption. Disruption happens no more, no matter what. But it's important that we focus on the value creation. A lot of companies come in from like, we want to disrupt this industry. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, that's not necessarily a positive thinking in a way. Let's focus on adding value and solving a problem versus disrupting Mm -hmm. something. So let's focus on creation. And then another one, I was once in the meeting where a very um, um, important executive, I should say, Looked, and he was kind of angry. I think about the company not doing really well, and he was in front of the, a lot of employees and uh, lecturing them how innovative they should be. And he said, "And I want to hear your billion-dollar ideas. You better come up with a billion-dollar ideas and share it with me." And one of um, very bright and very outspoken engineers um, in our company looked at him and said, "Jude, if I had a billion-dollar idea." Why would I give it to you? That was an ego buster. Let me tell you, that was—I mean—the the, the room just almost like cheered. And well, what was the, the
0: response? <laughs> how how did the CEO respond to that?
1: Well, he was uh, media trained. It was the you, you know—I mean—but but, but I think he learned his lesson, right? So. um the response was obviously about creativity and rewards and creating value for all, uh, not only for the executives, but for the shareholders and how we're all here to serve the customer. What are, but that didn't really answer the que- employee's question. And here's the thing. One, it's about creating rewards. But the second one is stop chasing billion-dollar ideas. Mm-hmm. Empower people. It's far easier to save a billion dollars in a large company than to make a billion dollars. So instead of focusing on the product, I see a lot of companies that are focused on the product, they all want to create something and ship it. Mm-hmm. I most of the innovation that I see, successful innovation, is in the process. If we think about Uber or if we think about Doordash, I mean, these are very simple examples. It's all about process. Yeah. All the components existed before. So I feel it's important that innovation companies focus on process innovation which allows them to get everybody involved take out costs deliver things to market faster Mm -hmm. and i think the mistake of feeling that process is not sexy enough and it's all about shipping a new product i think that's not necessarily uh most um it's not necessarily the pragmatic thinking once we can save a million dollars we can probably make five But if we can't save anything and empower people to change the existing structure, they, we can't build a new one. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I see, I see that all the time as well. Um, So great things to think about in terms of the common pitfalls and mistakes that people make. And I, I just could not help, but, laugh, uh, about that experience in that, in that boardroom and, or in the, in the all hands meeting or wherever the specific context was. I mean, we see those types of things happen a lot. Um, and yeah, if I, if I have an amazing idea, why would I give it to you? Why would I stay with the company? You know, why, why wouldn't I go off and start my own, um, and make my billion dollars. And so we, you know, it's, it's such a, it's silly on many levels, you know, that kind of an example. Um, and so it's good that that CEO learns that lesson. Um, it's a good, good thing for all of us to, to remember, like encouraging people to ask questions, to experiment, to try new things, uh, in the simple everyday, of the workflow and like the, the things that they do in their jobs, that tends to make way more difference in terms of cost savings, in terms of productivity, in terms of new creative ideas that then can turn into products uh, than ever just sitting around the room thinking what's going to be our next billion dollar idea.
1: Right. And, and, and employee engagement, right? We all talk about Mm -hmm. employee engagement. When we empower people to change their experience at work, and take ownership then we become like a startup right it's all about Mm -hmm. taking responsibility it's all about empowering others and um look we i haven't used the buzzword called ai or generative ai or llm whatever those things are but we live in the world i truly believe that the companies that do not embrace artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. quickly will be gone 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 Mm -hmm. just gone and I feel that from an innovation perspective, AI is an equal, uh, um, it's really an ultimate equalizer in the organization yeah. as it allows to dis- disrupt silos, remove layers, equip mm-hmm. employees with information, and think about using AI for knowledge sharing within the organization. So, a lot of organizations are not necessarily innovative because information is power. Mm-hmm. Therefore, information is protected and siloed and um and people don't share yeah AI is all about sharing. Imagine data being accessible and knowledge organizational data and knowledge accessible to all. That changes innovation landscape completely in the corporation. so I feel that is a major transition um that some say are over is overhyped. I'd say it's underestimated.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there certainly is hype around it. Again, it, you know, the buzz term hype, right? right? Like there's lots of that kind of hype. But in terms right. of like underestimating the overall impacts <laughs> and how disruptive it's going to be, I, I'm not sure we can overstate that. You know, uh it, it's just going to be tremendous. Well, Alex, this has just been a really great conversation. We've only scratched the surface. Uh there's so much more in your book that we could explore, but I note the time I need to let you go here in just a minute before we wrap things up for today. I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Um, Sure. Uh, so I'm Alex Gorchev. I can be found on LinkedIn or alexgorchev.com. I work with organizations primarily on innovation culture. And when I say culture, that means clear, measurable milestones and and outcomes, um, right now, I'm primarily focused on artificial intelligence and getting uh, what I would call AI readiness and digital mm-hmm. capabilities in the organizations. And it all begins with AI. So again, coming back to AI and innovation, I think we are entering into the age that, where everything is about to change. And um, you know, five or six years ago or 10 years ago, we were saying that every company would become a digital company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right now, I want to say that every digital company will become an AI company and AI is bigger than the internet and cloud and everything else combined. It's mm-hmm. huge and it's uh, it's important that the organizations that want to innovate look into that space sooner than later.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. Alex, this has just been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Alex can do for you, check out the book. Let's really explore innovation in really meaningful, purpose-driven, intentional ways. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe, and please join us again soon.